Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. The state of Illinois has 102 counties. Right now, all of them see high transmission of COVID-19. Meanwhile, in Chicago, there is a very concerning uptick in cases. This as the Omicron variant was discovered here almost a week ago. So what might this surge look like? And just how much can vaccines and boosters help? As this pandemic keeps evolving, we are so lucky to have the guidance from friend of the show and infectious disease specialist, Dr. Mia Taramina from Dooley Health and Care. And when a new COVID variant hits, we always worry about how aggressive it is compared to previous variants. And we have to zoom out beyond our borders to get the big picture. Well, we have to look over to our neighbors in the UK and in Europe and look at the trends they're seeing. Um, There's really a rapid doubling time. So going from 2% positivity to 4% to 8%. And that doubling factor that we're seeing over in the UK with almost 40% of cases now being Omicron in that location can certainly beget having that be the dominant variant by the end of the week there. It's already the dominant variant in South Africa. And once it starts taking hold here, we should see a similar you know, trend within a matter of weeks of it becoming a dominant variant that can outpace our Delta cases. And I want to be clear about some of this, these medical terms that we use here. When we talk about Omicron being more transmissible, what exactly does that mean? So at this point, we are seeing something that is at least twice as transmissible as Delta. And Delta was at least twice as transmissible as previous circulating variants like Alpha, and certainly more so than the original strains out of Wuhan. So the transmissibility is the number of individuals each positive individual is likely to infect. And when we see, you know, someone able to infect seven, eight, nine, ten individuals for every positive, we can see how rapidly this can spread in a room of not fully vaccinated folks or individuals that received doses of vaccine, but more than six months ago, we're sort of sitting ducks here. We now are seeing statistically that almost 80% of the Omicron cases in the United States are in vaccinated folks, not necessarily boosted, but in, in those who have received doses of vaccine. So this is very, very contagious. Well, let's talk about boosters. Pfizer claimed last week that its booster provides strong protection against Omicron. How can the company prove that? Well, they basically take samples of blood from people who have recovered from Omicron or been infected with the Omicron variant, and they sort of test those samples against the vaccine. And we know that using you know blood products that are infected with the Omicron virus, we're seeing about a 40-fold decrease in the neutralizing antibody effects of these vaccines. But once the booster is given, we're seeing so much more increase in the neutralizing antibodies that we are going to have much more protection with a booster dose on board. That's why Pfizer was very careful to say that their booster is protective against uh, Omicron for the most part. And again, we are looking at the prevention of severe COVID illness, hospitalization and deaths. Mm. There absolutely will be breakthrough cases. People are going to get sick with Omicron, hopefully only mildly so if they're fully vaccinated and boosted. Does this tell us anything or or suggest anything about the effectiveness of Moderna or Johnson & Johnson? 
You know, I'm not sure about Johnson & Johnson because we're going to have to wait on their data and looking at that type of vaccine and comparing it potentially to other vaccines in other countries because it's an entirely different mechanism. I would anticipate Moderna will be quite similar because of the messenger RNA mechanism and the fact that Moderna vaccines have more messenger RNA in them, both in the uh, standard dose and in the booster dose. So because of that, we are, you know, looking at a generation of a little bit more anti antibody. So there should be that heightened immune response as well with the efficacy of that vaccine. We know the person who uh, contracted Omicron here in Chicago, they allegedly already received their booster. So generally speaking, doctor, how confident can folks feel that they're protected by a booster shot? They should feel very confident in the fact that these boosters will prevent, you know, what we're seeing here in the hospitals uh, in individuals who are not vaccinated. So the vast majority of cases in the hospital requiring the most significant support still continue to be unvaccinated individuals, folks who have not received even a single dose of vaccine. So yes, there will be cases of people who are fully vaccinated and boosted getting breakthrough infections. And rarely there will be individuals who are fully vaccinated boosted and die of COVID. But, you know, we're looking at such a tremendous statistical decrease in individuals having severe outcomes when they are fully vaccinated. We can't stop the fact that getting sidelined for 10 days may be a reality. And some of the long COVID stuff uh, is certainly going to be a reality for some. But at this point, watching these numbers surge, I want people to live through this. That's the most important thing. Well, how serious or or deadly is the Omicron variant, especially for unvaccinated people? You know, there's been the first death reported in the UK, but by and large, we're not seeing a lot of deaths reported due to Omicron and and not seeing a lot of severe illness either. Again, that does not mean that we just can brush it under the rug. It is a numbers game here. And the more and more individuals who are vulnerable and fragile, right now, a lot of these Omicron cases are in younger, healthier folks who are likely going to do well. So as it infects those who are more vulnerable, we are going to see severe outcomes and we are going to see deaths. And remember, each infection with Omicron or any variant is the potential to make a worse variant that can further escape our immunity. As I mentioned, part of the spike in COVID cases that we're seeing across the state, CPS is also seeing its highest number of new daily cases in students. It sent uh, 10,000 kids to quarantine as of Friday of last week. And the district noted that if everyone got fully vaccinated, then no one would be required to quarantine. What is your message to parents right now? Please get your children vaccinated. These vaccines are safe and effective. Now, one of the primary concerns from a lot of parents was the potential for cardiac side effects in children. And we've got over 5 million doses without a single confirmed case of myocarditis in young kids. These vaccines are safe. The kids are doing tremendously well with them. And they're likely to have a high level of protective antibodies. You know, the suburban school districts, too, are absolutely seeing upticks in cases and seeing things that have to be shut down sporting events and activities that kids really look forward to at this time of the year. CPS has a very uh, stringent policy when it comes to quarantining, where as little as one case in a classroom can sideline that entire classroom for an entire you know 10 to 14 day quarantine period. These kids need to be in school and the ticket to being in school and staying in school is getting vaccinated, masking indoors and trying to stay as safe as we possibly can. Doctor, let's turn now to some questions that our listeners have uh, asked us over the past week. Alexandra from Oak Park left us this voicemail. 
I have a four-year-old and have noticed that there's been pretty much no conversation that I've heard uh, continuing about when the under five-year-olds will get their vaccine. Uh, I'd love to hear more about uh, updates on that. Do you have any details, Dr. Pteria? Yeah. Yeah, we are we're hearing um, the fact that we should get a data dump from at least Pfizer, hopefully by year end, if not very early into January, where we're going to see the data on uh, six months to five years old. And hopefully we can get shots in arms as soon as end of January, maybe early February. That's if the whole timeline works as well as it should. It will be two doses, 21 days apart in all probability, and it's looking to be a dose of three micrograms, so about a tenth of a dose that we are given to our adults and those uh, over the age of 12. We also got this voicemail from a caller who didn't want to share their name, but they have a somewhat specific scientific question for you. If a person has COVID-19, that person's body must produce antibodies. So why is it in that case that person uh, has to be uh, vaccinated? Yeah. Can you clarify this one for us, doctor? Because I, I hear this one a lot. Uh, if a oh, person sure gets is. antibodies yeah. from having caught COVID, why do they need to get the shot? That's a great question. You know, naturally occurring antibodies, they fall off over time as well. Um, we know that when you have antibodies that are formed to a, a natural infection, you do have some protection. And in all probability, those antibodies are going to be detectable for a very long period of time. There are individuals from the original SARS in more than two decades ago that still have detectable antibodies. Really? The antibodies, yep, the antibodies form to the actual virus, the nucleocapsid, when you are talking about the vaccines, we're generating antibodies primarily to the spike protein. That's where the variants take hold, and that's where we end up with a problem. So vaccines are going to be tailored more specifically to tackle the variants that are circulating, especially people who were infected naturally pre-Delta. You know, we are talking about developing antibodies to a virus that was circulating before all the mutations seen on Delta, and now all the mutations seen on Omicron. It is unlikely that someone infected prior to July is going to have much reliable continued protection with only their natural immunity. We also know that in, in the data that came out just recently about Omicron, individuals with two doses of vaccine after COVID recovery, they had fantastic protection against these circulating variants. So the recommendation remains for everyone who is fully um, recovered from COVID that they should receive both doses of vaccine and boosters when appropriate. MJ from Beverly emailed us with a question about staying safe as a vaccinated pregnant woman. She asks which scenario puts her more at risk. It was spending time with her also vaccinated husband who works in a high transmission environment or gathering for the holidays with two unvaccinated family members. You're always going to be safer gathering with people who are fully vaccinated. We know that fully vaccinated people can get sick and they can spread it, especially to close household contacts. But in all contexts, that husband is likely, if he does get an infection because of the nature of the high transmission and work environment, mm -hmm. will likely have mild symptoms, will be symptomatic, and will be contagious for a shorter period of time than someone who's unvaccinated. Hanging with unvaccinated individuals when you're pregnant and you're at greater risk, those folks could be at risk of having a tremendously high amount of virus the day or two before they even show symptoms. And the transmissibility is going to be much higher to you at that point. 
Before you go, Dr. Chicago could start requiring proof of vaccination in more public places very soon. How might that affect transmission, especially with Omicron on the rise? You know, we've done really well in an example set up of things like that Lollapalooza, where we have vaccine or testing requirements as an additional layer of mitigation. We continue to have the safest possible environments established when we have multiple layers of mitigation in place. So to the extent where someone has to prove their vaccine status, which at present remains two doses of messenger RNA or a single Johnson & Johnson dose to be fully vaccinated, um, that's going to give uh, less instances of potential transmissibility. It's not 100%, but I'm in favor of it. That was Dr. Mia Teramina, infectious disease specialist with Dooley Health and Care. Thank you once again, Dr. Teramina. Have a good week. Thank you. Yep. Well, that's it for today's Reset. COVID is here for the duration, and you can count on us to aggressively follow this story. So be sure to keep up to date by subscribing to this podcast. And please give us a rating. It helps listeners find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.